morning. Good morning. Good to see you guys. Uh, uh, we had a nice drive here. Um, I'm here with my brother-in-law, Pastor Gary Avila. Uh, my wife has a sister, and she's married to Gary, but Gary's actually been a pastor, a gateway pastor for, oh boy, 50 years. Uh, and... Um, so uh, he's a great friend of mine, a great friend to the church, and uh, his real residence is in Idaho, but he's been in California with his family for some time, and uh, so we're just grabbing some time together. Kathy sends her love. My dear wife sends her love. We have a 170-pound dog who's going to go into surgery. He's limping badly right now, and we can't leave him alone. So he's going into surgery Tuesday. So if you think about that, uh, say a prayer for Rocky. But she's going to keep a close eye on him. We're kind of doing uh, split duty with his care right now. And that's, that is something. What a joy to be with you guys. Like I said, we had a beautiful drive. And last night we had a, a marriage seminar at the church. And it was a lot of fun. I uh, got to bed. And then that alarm went off at 530 this morning. And I said, hallelujah, <laughs> I'm going to Clovis. But let me tell you, <laughs> it's, great, it's great to see you and how proud I am of you, how blessed I am to see this campus and this family so strong and your leaders, pastors Elena and Eric doing such a great job. Can we give them a hand for all their hard work? And each of you, all of you really, uh, every volunteer, every one of you that's giving, uh, every one of you that's serving, I'm so grateful for the elders and uh, for the work that's going on. You know, the work that God has called us to do is to see lives changed by Jesus. How many have had your life changed by Jesus? Yeah. And so that's what we want to just keep that rolling. And, you know, we have such a great message, the gospel, uh, the, the, the forgiveness, the healing the new life that is available in Christ and that gospel message that changes people's lives changed my life. I was 14 years old, had been raised in church, but didn't really understand the gospel. When I finally understood the love of God, finally understood the real the gospel, the message of Jesus, not church, Jesus and what he came to do that lit me. And it was like the weight of a million tons came off my shoulders. I know you know what I'm talking about. If you've, if you've had a born-again experience, you know that guilt that lifts off you and the peace that floods your heart. And that's really what our church is all about, is the gospel and seeing people's lives change and continuing on. So excited about this year, this special, you know, not only do we have a great church, one church in seven cities now, you're one of, I think you're our, you're our third child. You're number three, I think, if I got that right. And, um, you know, the, the, the churches in all the cities love you and are praying for you. And I know you're praying for them. The work is going on through the one church in multiple cities, but we're also in an interesting season right now. Isn't it an interesting time in America right now? Isn't it an interesting time in the body of Christ right now? Some of the things that are happening and here we are. And I really believe so strongly 
that this year will be a year of healing and favor. Mm -hmm. Healing, everybody say healing. healing. And favor, right? I think it's just so important after everything we've been through, everything that the nation has been through, everything that you and I individually have been through over the last few years, all of the difficulty and hardship of the COVID years and all those things, I believe God wants to release a great uh, healing on the inside of us and, and make sure, not that we're super broken, but make sure that we are really healed and whole on the inside so that, you know, there's no depression, no discouragement, no anxiety, no, I don't mean none. I mean, everybody has some in some way or another, but if there's any remnant of anything holding on from the previous hard seasons and difficult seasons, God, I, I know God wants to heal us and make us whole. And even what we see in the body of Christ with some great leaders falling into sin and other tragedies that are going on. You say, what's going on there? And it just underlines the importance of each and every one of us being whole and well on the inside. Amen. So that we can say it is well with my soul. So believe that. And I love that announcement about freedom and grow tracks and all of that. And a big part of your freedom is this community here just um, loving on each other and ministering to each other and embracing the message of Made for More. That's going to be uh, a big, big deal. And I, I believe that there is physical healing, but also emotional and spiritual healing is really big this year. And then the other word that's so strong on my heart prophetically is favor. I believe God wants to open brand new doors for us. We've been through uh, long seasons of difficulty. Some people have been through loss. Uh, and I believe that God wants to open doors of opportunity and he wants to give us favor until people like us and they don't even know why they like us <laughs> and they want to listen to us and they don't even know why they want to listen to us. God can just open doors, you know, so if you're in business, if you're in ministry, if you're working with people, believe God for his divine opportunities and his divine favor and what God is doing it's uh, amazing. couple of quick stories really fast. I was um, talking with some of the elders uh, uh, before the service, and, and uh, you know, we had this big fundraiser for our Phoenix campus. They don't have this beautiful opportunity that you guys have had. This uh, Man, do I love walking in here, and it's, it's so nice in the children's area, and everything's so clean. Good job, you guys. Excellent, you know. Uh, but we raised money this last year for the Arizona campus who's been doing church in a box, uh, you know, rolling off the trailers into a community center and then repacking. Some of you know what that is because this church used to have to do that. And it's nice when you just kind of open the door and come in, isn't it? That's so, so great. Thank you, Lord, for your provision. Uh, but for them, and, and they were, you know, uh, leasing uh, where they are, um, it was a big, big, big deal. We need hundreds of thousands of dollars. And all the money came in, and it still wasn't quite enough. And here we were. We found this opportunity, this beautiful building um, that was just the right size. It had been an event center, like a place where you would do weddings and parties and so on. So it had really great bathrooms and a really great main gathering area. And it wasn't 
to our specifications, but it was close, and uh, the, the, the price was reasonable and affordable, but we were still short $130,000. And a man had said to me, uh, Pastor, if there's anything else that you need for this project, let me know. He gave 100000 for that project, right? $100,000. And then he just kind of PS'd it, let me know if you need anything else. Well, I have very good hearing. <laughs> very good hearing. And when he said that, I, and a very good memory, and I, I you know, I'm not going to forget a statement like that. I didn't know if we would need it or not, but I remembered. And, uh, you know, I don't pressure people about money. Money's important, of course. It takes money to have lights and everything we're doing. You know, you can't, you can't do a church without people giving and all of that. And so uh, he called. How's it going? I said, it's, it's going good. We're getting close, I said. I didn't want to pressure him. He said, where are we at? What's the need? I said, we need $130,000. And I just didn't say a word. He asked, right? <laughs> and he said, Pastor, um, my wife and I, he's a wealthy guy. He honors the Lord. You know, he gives. He said, my wife and I have a, an amount that we decided this year we wanted to give to the work of God. And we've given everything, but we just have one amount left to give. And he said, do you know what that amount is? I said, I don't. But inside, I, my fingers were crossed. <laughs> and he said, it's exactly $130,000. And he said, I will wire the money to the church. You will have it in 10 minutes. This was like a week before... We were in negotiations for the, with the uh, property owner, and it was like down to the wire. And I'm telling you, God opened that door with such unbelievable favor, and now they're moving in. In fact, today I was scheduled to be in Phoenix. I usually wouldn't be here. I think I come in January usually or maybe a different time of the year. But uh, I was going to be in Phoenix today with them, but because the building's not ready, they said, come when it's ready. So I said, okay, I'll go to Clovis, and that'll be fun. So anyway, God is our source, amen? He, he is powering us, and even, listen, this is very important. My dad had a courtyard years ago before he passed away. He had a courtyard in his home, and he had a tree, this beautiful, lush tree, but it started to look a little ill. It started to look sickly, you know. And so he called a, a tree guy. He said, I'm going to call a tree guy, and I don't know what's wrong with this tree. He just mentioned it to me. The next time I came to his house, that beautiful tree was cut. I mean, they chopped it down. They, they pruned it so hard. I said, Dad, what did this guy do to the tree? He's ruined your tree. This is like, it was like a, it was pitiful. It was like a little stump with a few branches. I said, that tree's going to die. He said, I know it looks bad. Just give it a little time. Because the prune guy said it has to be cut back hard. And if you cut it back hard, it's going to live. 
And the next time I came and saw that tree, it was lush. I mean, I don't know how it ever recovered from that pruning, but every place where it was cut, five more branches came out and they were strong and they were healthy. And I'm telling you, Gateway Clovis, uh, the Lord has pruned and taken certain things away from us, from you. Maybe there's been loss in your life, but just wait and see. Just wait and see the life that is ahead. And man, we were singing that song about new life and resurrection, and I said, that, that is, that's the story. You know, the whole body of Christ has been hit through this last season, but we're coming back. We're resurrecting. Amen? Somebody say hallelujah. So we're in a good season, and I thank you for being a great team. The elders, the intercessors, the givers, thank you for everything you're doing. We're surrounding you. We are here for you, um, and you, you are doing great. Your campus pastors are strong. We got Pastor Steve and Jan coaching. You have me. I'm in your life. I love you. And uh, uh, I'm here because I love you and because I'm committed to you. So the future is bright, and I'm just very, very excited uh, for you. Now, let's get into the message, the message that we're on, the series of talks that we're in. It's made for more, as you've heard. And today, my topic is take care of my stuff. Take care of my stuff. We're going to talk about our responsibility as God's children to be stewards of his stuff. Keepers, managers, faithful stewards of his stuff. And our opening scripture is Genesis 1 verse 28. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves along the ground. Look hard at that verse. Stare at it and look for the word fruitful. Look for the word increase. Look for the word subdue it. Notice the word rule over it. God has given us. He said, I've blessed you. I've put it all into your hands, but now you do your part. It was as if he said to Adam, take care of my stuff. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your precious promise. We thank you, Lord, for loving us so much that you would trust us with your stuff. Help us, Lord, to grow today. Help us to increase our commitment and our love for being your children and being trusted ones that will see your kingdom come and your will being done in the earth. We praise you for it in Jesus' name. What is God's plan for people? We say we're made for more. What are we made for? Part of what we're made for is to take all the blessings that God has given to us and to be engaged with it, to rule over it, to, in essence, be stewards or managers of it. 
He said, I want people to take care of my stuff. Now, God is the owner of it all. It's his stuff. It's not, it's not our stuff. Amen. And it's not nobody's stuff. Somebody has to be over it. It's God's stuff. But he loves us so much that he says, look, I'll give you the world. I'll give you everything that's in the world. I'll give you all the gold and all the uh, animals and, and, the, and the land and all, and all that. But you've got to take your place and be a manager, be a steward over it. It's our purpose. What is a steward? A steward is someone who manages another's property or affairs. Somebody who is in charge. I was thinking earlier this morning about the first time. I have two beautiful sons. They're married now, and I have um, four grandchildren, which makes me very glad that I didn't kill my sons when I wanted to. Um, eventually, they gave me grandchildren. It was wonderful. But they were good boys. But I, I'll never forget that as they grew, you know, they got to the age. I think they were around high school age when I finally decided that Kathy and I could take a vacation and leave them at home in charge of the house. Wow. I don't know if you've been through that, that, that moment. It's like, you know, you got to try, but you're not sure what's going to happen. But actually, you know, it's a huge, it's a huge vote of confidence. It's, a, it's, it's an honor, isn't it? When God says to us, I'm going to trust you with my house. I'm going to put you in the driver's seat. Another example of that is when you trust your son, your teenage son or daughter, to drive the family car. Wow. That's like, now if you have small children, take your time. You know, don't be nervous, but that day is coming. And it's like, Take care of my stuff. Everybody say, take care of my stuff, right? So imagine how much confidence God has in you and in me that he would say to us, it's my stuff and I love my stuff, but I'm going to turn it over to you and I want you to do the right thing with it, right? Now, we don't want to fumble that opportunity. We don't want to mess that up. We don't want to embarrass ourselves and ruin the world and crash God's car and burn down his house, right? We want to we be able to say, we want to hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. So it's our purpose. And we talk about we're made for more. You know, we're made not to be babies in diapers, always just receiving what God has, receiving God, gimme, gimme, my name is Jimmy, you know. Uh, provide my, you know, take care of me. God, he is a provider, but at some point he wants us to mature to a point where he can give us the keys to the family card. You know, a, a lot of people pray about God's will and this and that, and, and I do pray about God's will, but I don't know if the Lord has a will for what kind of sandwich he wants you to eat when you go out for lunch today, he more or less leaves a lot of decisions up to you. How many believe that, right? When you're a parent, you don't, you don't insist that your kid at 
when you go to Baskin and Robbins, you don't want to tell them which flavor of ice cream that it's your will for them to have chocolate praline, you know. No, you want them, you want them to choose. You, you want them, whatever would make you happy, what, 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 what would you like? And life is a lot that way, and especially as you mature and you grow and the Lord trusts you with more, he allows you certain things. You can make decisions. You're a manager. You're a steward. You can choose. You know his will. You know him. You know his heart. And you know that he would want his church to be increased. And you know that he would want your neighbors to find forgiveness and grace. And, and he, all of those things we know. So we just go as his sons and daughters, and we're not scared, and we're not asking him what flavor of ice cream does he want. We get out, and we get it done. We go with our Father's will in our heart, and we accomplish the job that he has given to us. And that's, that's a, a beautiful compliment to every one of us when he says, hey, I trust you. My stuff is in good hands. You know, if you're a blessed person, that's God saying, I trust you. Because that's not your house. Is it? It's not your car. Who's, who does it belong to? It's the Lord's, right? It's his stuff. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So we could say, well, I earned it. I, I worked. Yeah, but who gave you the strength? Who gave you the skill? Who opened that door for you to be employed? Who sent you the customers? It's all from God, right? So we work for God, and he takes care of us, and we take care of of his stuff. In the 25th chapter of Matthew, if you want to just open to a, a scripture, I think we've got it. I'm not sure which version we have. Do you have Matthew 25? We don't. Okay. So if you have a Bible, I won't go through and read the whole story, but this is a powerful, you say, where did Jesus say, take care of my stuff? It's right here in Matthew 25. Because Jesus talked about it. He said, I he gave the parable of the uh, talents, or the story of the three servants, actually. Let me just quickly read it to you, because it just takes a minute. Verse 14, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a trip. He called together his servants and gave them money to invest for him while he was gone. He gave five bags of gold to one, two bags of gold to another, and one bag of gold to the last dividing it in proportion to their abilities, and then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of gold began immediately to invest the money and soon doubled it. Wow, I want to know his secret. I want him as my financial advisor. I mean, five bags of gold sounds good, doesn't it? But then doubling it, that's great. Wow. The servant with two bags of gold also went right to work and doubled the money. But the servant who received the one bag of gold, what did he do? Dug a hole in the ground and hid his pastor's, his pastor, his master's money. <laughs> Freudian slip. Pastor, master's money for safekeeping. After a long time, the master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted five bags of gold said, Sir, you gave me five bags of gold to invest. I've doubled the amount. The master was full of 
praise. Well done. My good and faithful servant, you have been faithful. Everybody say faithful. Now, this is interesting. What is the Lord looking for? Is he looking for clever? Is he looking for perfect? Is he looking for slick? Is he looking for amazing? Is he looking for beautiful? What is God looking for? He's looking for faithful. Well done, thou genius. No. What did he say? Well done, thou good and faithful. How many would like to be faithful to the Lord? That's what he's looking for. And it goes on. to say, You've been faithful in handling this small amount. He said to the one with two. Let's celebrate together. Next said the one who had received two bags of gold uh, and the report, sir, you gave me two bags of gold to invest and I've doubled the amount. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. God's into celebration. Then the servant with one bag. Now, this is where the story gets a little crazy. One bag came and said, sir, I know you're a hard man. Harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering where you didn't cultivate. I was afraid that I would lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. And here it is. Verse 26, the master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. You think I'm a hard man? Do you? Harvesting crops I didn't plant and gathering crops I didn't cultivate. Well, you should at least have put my money into the bank so I could have some interest. Take the money from this servant and give it to the one with 10 bags of gold. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and, those, and they shall have an abundance. But for those who are unfaithful, what's he looking for? Faithfulness. To those who are unfaithful, even what little they have will be taken away. Throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That, that's a frightening. That is not what we call a happy ending. <laughs> that is a little more of a nerve-wracking ending of a story. What's the story? He's saying we've been given so much. He's saying I'm trusting you. Now take it serious and do your best. And don't, don't give excuses and don't blame me saying, uh, you know, God, you, this is your fault. You're so crazy. You're angry. You know, all I'm going to do is just try to survive. No, at least you could have parked it somewhere. So now I have to, I have to take what I've given you and give it to somebody who's going who's gonna to increase it. Wow, what a story. That's a story of stewardship. And what is he talking? Is he really talking about money? He's not really talking about money. He's talking to the Jewish people. He said, I've given you so much. You have the word. You have the law. You have the commandments. You've got the history. You've seen the miracles. What have you done with it? What have you done with the testimony, with the investment, with the, the beauty and, and everything that I've given to you? So now I'm going to take it over here to these Gentiles. Because they're going to preach the word. They're going to tell the story. So be careful. Because yes, I've blessed you. I've given you all my stuff, my law, my word, my command. But what have you done with it? See? 
and Gentiles were added into the equation because the Jewish people didn't take seriously what God had invested in them. And boy, I, that puts me on notice because if God did that to his chosen people that he loves because they didn't respond, I want to be sure that I take my role seriously with God, that my, my talents, my brain, my time, my energy, my money, yes, I want to be a faithful steward with my money. I want to do the right thing. I don't want to just take all my money for myself and not bless the poor and not build the kingdom of God. And I want to use my talents for his glory. The goal is not for me to be enriched. The goal is for God's stuff to bring him glory in the end. That's it. This year, I turned 50 years serving the Lord. Um, that's amazing. I turned 63. I'm not at the end, but I can see the end from here. It's a little closer than it was last time I checked. And, and I, I think, you know, I want whatever time I have left, plus the time that I've already given, I want that to matter for eternity. Because brothers and sisters, have you been to a funeral lately? Life doesn't last forever. Sure, as the sun comes up tomorrow, our lives at one point or another will end. Do I believe in healing? Absolutely believe in healing. Do I believe that we will also all pass away at one point? I do believe that also. I do believe that we will all pass away. So at some point, we're going to stand before the Lord and give that account for our time and our talent and our energy. And, our, and I want to know that God says you did well. You, you did good. You weren't. God's not looking for perfect. He's not looking for amazing. He's not looking for clever. He's not looking for beautiful. He's just looking for faithful. Just Somebody that will say, hey, you gave me the keys to your car. I, was, I took care of the car. You gave me the, the house, the run of the house. I took care of the house. Here's your house. I managed to actually increase it. I managed to actually put a coat of wax on the car. And, you know, because I really appreciate that you trusted me. Man, that's... How many feel like I do? You want to do a good job for the Lord. How many want to do a good job for the Lord? You want to take care of his stuff, right? And we, you know, we believe in grace, and there's always grace when we fail and we make mistakes, and we do, and I've made so many mistakes, but I'm not going to quit. I want to be faithful to the Lord, and I want to be faithful to the Lord, especially when it comes to sharing the gospel, and that's what I started off talking about is that why do we have our church? Why, why are we here in Clovis? What are we doing here today? Yes, we want to bless people and heal people and encourage people, and we want to see people grow spiritually and all that, but it's not just us. We have a church that wants to reach out to the community. We want to take the love that God has given to us. That's some of his stuff, the gospel, the message, and we want to get it out there where it can do good. Let's be faithful with our tithes, with our offering, with our time, with the gifts God has given to us. And let's be faithful with that great commission to go into all the world and share our story. You know, we're talking in our church about the, um, 
the, the greatest way to make an impact on the lost is through the acronym BLESS, B-L-E-S-S. -S. We begin with prayer and talking to our neighbors. We pray over our neighbors and our loved ones and our relatives. We begin with prayer. We listen with care. Everybody wants to preach. Everybody wants to fix the world by talking. You can't fix the world by talking. You can't even fix your marriage by preaching to your spouse. That won't do it. But listening, that's powerful. Begin with prayer. Listen with care to the lost. Eat together. Connect to them. Don't call them the dirty sinners. Sit down with them. Love them. Listen to their story. Eat with them. Serve them. Serving one another. And then finally, sharing your story. What did Jesus do for you? Yeah. If all of us are faithful to love our neighbor as ourselves through beginning with prayer, listening with care, eating with them, serving them, and sharing our story, we don't have to, we don't have to fill stadiums if we'll do this, right? And, and I believe if we do that, God will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Let me close with a story. And then I want to pray for us. The story is told of a wealthy millionaire who had a staff of people. And one of the guys that worked for him, it, he worked so hard all of his life. And he watched the faithfulness of his boss. They had started together when the boss really had nothing. And the boss just grew and increased and his business just took off and after a number of years the boss had houses he took big vacations he had nice cars and this guy that was working for him you know <laughs> he's watching all this and you know he's kind of thinking man what about me you know i've served this guy all these years, he's getting richer and richer and richer, and I'm still, I'm still struggling. You know, and he worked for him for a long time, and they had a, a good relationship. And one day, the wealthy boss said to his, said to this guy that worked for him, he said, "You know, George," he said, uh, "I'm going to build one more house. It's going to be the greatest house I've ever built." I have been thinking about this for a long time. It's a dream of my heart. I got a piece of property just off Highway 1, overlooking the Pacific Coast. I'm going to have a view of the ocean. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be the greatest house I've ever built. And he said, I want you to run the job. I want you to take care of it for me. And he said, money's no object. I want you to use the finest materials. Here's the blueprints. In essence, take care of my stuff. And he took off for Europe. And his man said, and I don't know if I could take it anymore. I, I've served this guy. He's on his European vacation. He's going to live in this big, beautiful house on the Pacific Ocean. I'll show him. So instead of choosing the finest materials, 
he chose crummy material. And instead of hiring the best laborers, best woodworkers, best framers, best marble workers, he hired inferior like handymen, you know. And he built the house, foundation wasn't good, framing wasn't good, windows weren't good, but he got it done. And there it was, sitting on the Pacific Coast Highway. Boss comes back from his European vacation. He looked at the house, he couldn't see the quality, couldn't see necessarily, but he reached into his pocket and he said, now George, I'm gonna give you the keys to this. He said, you've been with me for all these years. And he said, I so appreciate your faithfulness and how hard you've worked for me. This house now belongs to you. Moral of the story, be careful what you build because what you build is what you're gonna live in for a long, long time. Have we made mistakes? Yes. Will God forgive us? Thank you, Lord, he will. And we can always start over. Here's my encouragement to you. Live in such a way that you see yourself not as an owner and not as an angry servant, but a grateful servant. Wow, God, you've taken care of me my whole life. You've blessed me my whole life. Now, Lord, what can I do for you? And whatever he asks you to do, man, do it and do it with all your heart. Do it for the glory of God. If you're a single mom, be the best single mom you can be. If you're retired, be the greatest retired person you could ever possibly be. Seek God's kingdom. Extend God's kingdom. Be a part. Take care of his stuff. Make sure that you don't check out and just say, well, somebody will do it. No, God's calling you. There's still a place for you. There's still a call on your life. And whatever time you have left, whatever talent you have left, whatever treasure you have left, use it for God's glory and watch because the house that you build for him is the house that you're going to live in. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for opportunity to be together with this precious church family. Thank you, Lord, for all that we've been through and how you've built our lives brick by brick. You've been gracious. You've been so faithful. We love you, Lord. We praise you for the opportunity to gather together in this beautiful facility. Thank you. Thank you for taking us through the storms. Thank you for taking us through even the pruning seasons. And thank you, Lord, for new growth and new increase, new fruitfulness and new life, the great days that you have ahead. Lord, we're not ready to throw in the towel. We're not ready to quit. We're not ready to check out. We want to serve you. We want to take care of your stuff. We know we are made for more. Help us, Lord, with all of your blessings to act wisely and to be faithful. Help us, Lord, to be an incredible witness in this city of your goodness. Help us to share, Lord, open doors for us to share our faith with people.
to give our testimony, to share our story. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for great days of favor ahead. And I just speak on the elders. I speak on the people of Gateway Clovis. I speak the favor of God. I speak, Lord, open doors in the name of Jesus. In business, in ministry, in loving our neighbor. Lord, open new doors for us. Lord, you're doing incredible things. You're, you're providing for our needs. Now, open doors for us. Open up nations for us, Lord. Open up to our neighbors, Lord. Help us to take the time that we have and to use it for your incredible glory and for your incredible purpose. For together, Lord, we know that we were made for more. Thank you for the more. Would you just lift your hands to him and just say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for making me a steward. Thank you for teaching me to be faithful. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins, Lord, and giving me a brand new chance today to serve you. Thank you, Lord. Bless this campus, we pray. Bless this year ahead, the year 2024. We believe great things are ahead. And we're excited to serve you together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to our Gateway Sermon Podcast at our Gateway City Church, Clovis Campus. We'll be releasing a new episode every week, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out. Gateway City Church is one church that meets in multiple cities. To find us or to learn more, visit mygatewaycity.church. Thank you for listening and we'll see you right here next week.